Hi everyone, Andrew here from Tennis Section and as always I'm joined by my fellow co-founder Liam and we weren't planning on being here so quickly with you guys but we've had so many news and upsets and exciting things going on at Wimbledon already in just a few days that we figured we better get a podcast out quickly if not we'd have to go on and on for hours and I figured you guys might get bored of us <laughs> if, if we did that. Um, so before we get into everything in the podcast and we've got some exciting news and Liam's here to tell you guys all about it. No, thanks Andrew and uh, thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. As Andrew said, we wanted to get one out before, sooner rather than later, so it wasn't too long for you guys later on in the week because there's been so much tennis news. But the big thing this week that we wanted to sort of bring out to you and sort of talk about is the fact that we have a new product out for you guys. If you go to tennissection.com forward slash premium, you can now buy mine and our tennis experts' premium picks. So every day you receive an email where we analyze, we thoroughly analyze ourselves behind the scenes, what the best matches of each day are, what we think you should bet on to maximize your winnings. You know, you, you don't have all the time in the world to always go for every tournament that's going on every week, see what other value bets, go on all the betting providers and sort of see what you think is best for you. Me and our tennis experts, we're always going to work hard for you and make sure that we give you the best content that we can. So make sure you check it out. We have three different subscription plans. We have a monthly plan, which is uh, $15 a month, all the way down to $9.99 a month if you go for the annual plan. And for the first 25 listeners of the podcast who actually go and purchase a plan, use code Wimbledon and you get 33% off your first subscription. So, you know, it's 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 a very good offer, I think. And one of the big things about it, it's not just it's not just we send you an email, here are our picks. We have a different few factors in there that really help you sort of understand and gauge our confidence level. So we have a confidence level one to five, and then you also get entry into quarterly giveaways and you also get potential value accumulators. So we will just be able to, you know, give you all of the best content that we can to help you grow your winnings. So yeah. All right, Andrew. Yeah. So Wimbledon has been crazy the first few days. We've seen so many upsets in the top 10 already. What are your, what's your big take out of those matches? I mean, it's, it's so hard to tell anymore. You know, I mean, years ago, you, you, I mean, even up to last year, you know, you could predict the, the Grand Slams pretty comfortably and the Masters events pretty comfortably. You know, you would, you would lose quite a bit and, and get your predictions wrong in the 250s and the 500s where the top guys may be resting or, or not taking it quite as seriously as before, you know. But, but even now, I mean, we saw yesterday Nadal um, almost getting pushed to the limit. You know, in a match that everyone thought he would have won in three. We saw even Kyrgios, you know, he was expected to, even though as, as inconsistent as he can be, he was still expected to walk over Paul Jubb, you know, a, a young, relatively inexperienced, very good player. But I mean, no way he should go to five sets with Kyrgios. But, mm. you know, I mean, sits past up and down as always, you know, her catch, he served for the match, was up 7-4 in the tiebreaker in the fifth and lost. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's all over the place. You know, we had one of the one of my picks to actually win the tournament on the ladies side, um, Haddad Maya. You know, she lost in the first round and I, I would have never believed that in a million years. You know, she she goes from a 12 or 13 match winning streak on grass to losing in the first round to someone ranked 40 or 50 spots behind her. So I don't know. I'm still processing it, man. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the, f- the first day of Wimbledon, you can tell it's going to be total chaos already already the, the rain came down and started delaying everything so you weren't always secure with what was going to happen but what, what, what I first saw was you know the Hercax match as we said going down two sets to love already from the start against Fakina is never a good sign for any player it, you know Fakina is a very good player he's he, sh- he showed us in Monte Carlo when he played against Djokovic that even when Djokovic came back and took it to a third set he was mentally tough enough to just you know stay, stay on the game plan and get the win 
So he's when, a former junior champion here too, you know. So he's yeah. not the typical Spanish guy who struggles on grass, you know. He, yeah, he exactly. has had success here before, yeah. Exactly. But then when you saw Hercax coming back and winning the third and the fourth set, you thought, okay, well, now the tables have turned. And then in the, and then the fifth set, got the break early up, early on, I think it went 2-1 up, gave the break back straight away, got another early break, and then served for the match, I think it was 5-4. 5-4, uh, yeah. Yeah, 5-4, five, served five, for the match. 4 and you know, after that, in the tiebreak, he was what seven four up in the in the match tiebreak. He he was he had to hold his serve, and he would have had match points. Didn't yeah. go. I mean, way. he certainly he certainly didn't deserve to win that match, you know. But at five yeah. four in the fifth, one of the best servers in the game, one of the best grass court players in the game, the sec the third or fourth favorite for the title here, you know, you would never expect him to lose from there. Yeah. You know, it was un- unbelievable. But you know, I mean, it's it's a good learning lesson for him. I think I think it shows him that. You know, you can have all the confidence in yourself to get over the line in a match, but it's not over until it's over. You exactly. have to always remember that there's dangerous, whoever your opponent is, the other side of the net can be dangerous and they will push you to the limits. If they see there's even an inch, they'll try and take a mile out of you. So it'll Absolutely. be it'll be interesting to see how Herkax bounces back from this and in, in the next tournaments. I think it'll I think it will make him tougher. Um, but yeah, that's not the only big upset that we saw in the top 10 this week. You know, Felix Auger-Aliassime losing to Maxime Cressy in, in four sets yesterday was also a big upset, I think. The interesting part of that match was, you know, everyone knows what Maxime Cressy is going to bring out on the tennis court. You know, yep. it's a big serve and volley game. He's always going to rush you to the net. And I think in that match, th- this is just my opinion, Andrew, you probably have something else to say on it. It's just Felix was trying to go for a bit too much yeah. when yeah. Uh, Max- Maxime came into the net. You know, there, there are gaps in there. I don't think uh, Felix had too little time to sort of hit through Maxime. I think he was just trying to take it too early, trying to go too hard, too fast. And he didn't really go for the gaps that were there. And that, in the end, really cost him the match. But, you know, it was it was a very good encounter and a very good match for Maxime because, you know, when you're playing a top 10 guy in, in Wimbledon, you know, one of the top five to win it, it's, 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 it's yeah. always going to be hard, but he maintained his composure. No, I agree with you, you know, but I was a bit surprised at how Felix approached the match because he played like the Felix from two years ago, you know, the erratic guy, the guy that chokes in the, un, under the big pressure and so on. I mean, recently he's been a lot more mature and, and a lot more measured in his approach to games, you know, so I thought that he would have come up with a better plan and when things weren't going his way, he would have adjusted a bit better, you know, but I do agree that he was trying to overhit much, uh, too much, um, but I wasn't really surprised with that result, to be honest. It was an upset, and I, I didn't really expect it, but I, I could have seen it happening. You know, Cressy's been in great form, and we all know that if he serves well and volleys well, there's not much you can do on the surface, right? So a buddy of mine actually told me, asked me if he should bet on it, and I said, no, you better stay away from that one. You know, and the odds were pretty decent. You know, they were quite close. Yeah. But, you know, like if, if there was ever an upset waiting to happen in the first round, it would have been that one. I was quite confident in the Hercatch one, even though I knew Davidovich Fokina was a good player, you know, but I'm a lot more confident in Hercatch's approach to the game and, and in his mental state, which is a bit funny to say because he's not the most focused guy either, you know, but I, I could have seen that Cressy one happening and he's, he's looking good so far and he's got another winnable match here. I think it's against Jack Sock. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, um, unless I'm mistaken, so no, no, he can correct, do some damage. He's one yeah, of those no. guys that no one wants to see. Even the Djokovic's and those guys definitely don't want to see him. Yeah, you know? I think it's 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 the old way of tennis. That is, it's the serve and volley tennis, and the games become. I think players have become more used to you know more time behind the ball because it's just a baseline to baseline game. 
So when someone yeah. is able to take time away consistently from a, from an opponent, rush to the net, and you know, Cressy's amazing at the net. He's his hands, his hand skills. You know, they're just they're better than than most of the top hundred. You would say at the yeah. net, just because that that's that's his game. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he plays against Jack Sock. It'll be great to see a battle of the Americans. Uh, a bit, I've missed seeing Jack Sock playing, you know, consistently well. So it'll be interesting to see how his level comes out in that in that match. And if he goes to the third round, either player if they go to the third round, that's that's a great result for them here in Wimbledon. Um, Agreed. Another another upset that actually happened just a couple of hours ago, you know, is Casper Ruud losing to uh, Hugo Humbert in the in the second round in in four sets. Uh, I was I was yeah, quite shocked I... by that. Yeah, I guess it's an upset on paper, you know, but on grass, Humbert has Humber has been pretty terrible this year, to be fair. Um, but he does have a title on grass from last year. I think it was, uh, was it Halle yeah. that he won last year? Pretty sure it was Halle. Yeah, so, and he's very talented, you know, very hit or miss. He's like a slightly more, <laughs> slightly less hot-headed curious, you know, he's either very good or very bad, you know. So I, this is another one that you could have seen coming, but, you know, Kasper Ruud, I, I would not have expected him to lose that match. I, I knew it would be tight, but pretty shocking to see him lose, even though yeah. he hates grass. He openly says he hates grass. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, as, as you said, if this was last year, it would be like, yeah, Hugo Humbert to win the match because he had played an amazing grass court season. You know, he beat Rublev in the Halle final and he, and he was able to, to clinch the biggest title of his career so far. Um, but this year, yeah. he, he he's kind of struggled on, on any surface he's played on. So it wasn't more of a thing of saying, okay, he's a better grass court player or anything like that. It was more saying, who's who's in better form right now? Is it the, the Roland Garros finalist or is it the person who didn't get out of the first or second round in Halle this year? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, it was it was it was interesting to see, but he he proved himself worthy, and he and he and he's really and he's really set the tone for the rest of the tournament. I think hopefully he can sort of you know build on that and get himself even if he doesn't go that far here in Wimbledon, get himself in form and in shape for the rest of the tennis season, so that he can sort of pick up the points that he lost out on in the tournaments, the early tournaments this year where he didn't win much, um, because you know he's he's a very good player and he like you said he's sort of a less erratic Nick Kyrgios. Um, has there been any, yeah. any other match uh, early on that's really intrigued you so far, Andrew? Uh, not really, but um, speaking of upsets, we've got an upset alert here with Cam Norrie. You know, he's oh. doing a bit better now. He just won the fourth set, six love. So I, I'd give him the upper hand to win the fifth, but he was down two sets to one against Sam Munar from Spain, who is like the definition of a clay court specialist. You know, I don't think he's ever, he's never won much on grass before. And you would think that Norrie would win this match. I mean, we get the pressure of being British and being the British number one playing at Wimbledon. But I mean, but, but still, you know, you really should not be down two sets to, to one to that guy. But he's, he's up one love in the fifth now, just held serve pretty comfortably. So he, he's on track to win this one. Um, We we can't move on without speaking about Serena, you know, um, whether we, whether we called it or not, you know, I know that's the big topic. Um, (laughs) <laughs> over the last day or two so so what were your thoughts about that match did you see it or did you just yeah no. the score and the highlights so I, I watched the match basically into, until the end um I, I, the fifth set I watched bits and bobs I didn't watch through it entirely I was, I was doing other stuff but what really surprised me was you know Serena was playing very well I, you can't yeah. you can't take it away from her she came into that match she might have, the first couple of games she looked sort of sluggish but then she really picked up the pace and she was able to sort of hit the ball with speed. She came into the net a lot, more, a lot more than usual than, than we used to see her. Her serve was good, but you you have to take your hat off to Harmony Tan. She just, you know, she wasn't afraid of the big moment. 
you know, I think even even Johanna Conta was 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 commentating on the match I was watching, and she said, you know, there was this era in tennis where Serena had won matches before she even stepped out onto court. You know, yeah, that's yeah. The, the, the 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 mental game and the sort of fear that she had put in opponents was already too much for them to bear. Nowadays, players think they can beat Serena. Well, even though they yeah. don't see Serena often at all. But so I think Harmony took the, the match the right way. She wasn't afraid to go after her shots. There was a lot more, I'd say, I'd say there was a lot more variety in shots from, from Harmony than there was from Serena. Serena was giving the same same sort of balls back to Harmony and Harmony was trying to switch things up. But yeah, I think it was it was a very tough one because Serena won more points than Harmony yeah. in the overall match. Yeah. So technically she played better, but in the big mo- big moments on the big points, Harmony played better. Yeah, and I did see an interview with, with Harmony Tan where she said she was terrified when she first saw the draw and saw she had to play Serena, you know, she was very intimidated, <laughs> but I guess she had some time to think and come up with the plan and and figure that, you know, if I'm ever going to have a chance of beating Serena, this is it, you know, six months from now, you know, when she's got some match practice under her belt, you know, I may not get a game or two, you know, but now when she's had such a long layoff, then, then here's my chance. And another thing too, you know, and, and you said it very well, like she mixed up her style a lot, you know, I saw she was slicing forehands and using the drop shot well, using the lob, a lot of backhand slices almost exclusively. So, so how, do you, how do you play that, you know, if you're Serena? Yeah. You know, because she hasn't played much in a year. She's lost her rhythm. And the last thing you want is someone slicing and chip and charging and, you know, doing all that stuff. You know, there's no way for her to get in a rhythm. If, I, I'd say that if she played a, a slightly better player that just went for their shots, I think Serena would have won that match, you know, because yeah. she would have been able to, you know, get the rust off in the first set probably still would have lost the first set, but at least she could get in a groove, you know, but that Harmony Tan did not let her get in a groove at all. And I'm sure that was the plan. I'm sure I I haven't seen much of her play, but I refuse to believe that that's how she always plays. So all those forehand slices and then backhand slices and correct me if I'm wrong, someone in the comments, but that, that had to be the plan to unsettle Serena and and throw her off. And funny thing I saw this morning, I don't know if you saw it on Instagram, uh, Tan, withdrew from the doubles so her partner was like <laughs> blasting her on instagram saying that she withdrew and is so, so unfair and she was looking forward to play her first ever grand slam doubles match and she can't believe she waited until one hour before the match so just a bit of uh, a wimbledon drama okay i, did, I <laughs> didn't see she was, that she was I... blasting her it was like four or five posts that she put up i i forgot her name i'll look it up as you as you speak but <laughs> it was that, pretty, that's crazy i, I, I didn't i didn't I, I wouldn't have realized i thought you know you can understand if if she withdraws from the doubles because at the end of the day, it, it, unless her double, unless she's a focused doubles player, you know, we've seen we've seen singles player have deep runs at slams and stuff like that, and still play doubles like Barbara Krejcikova when she won the French Open last year, she won the doubles title as well along the way. But it's yeah. really a touchy situation. I don't I don't think it's very nice for someone to sort of blast the player, especially after they've had one of the biggest wins probably of their career if not the biggest one they will yeah. have in their career against sort of Serena Williams. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, another fact no, that I, I want to... Go ahead. Go on? No, you go. No, I was going to say, I agree with your take for sure, but you, you have to understand the, the partner's um, point of view as well, you know? And, and we see that all the time in the doubles. If, if Nadal or Tsitsipas or Federer, one of those guys enter the doubles and they win the first match and then they, they have a tough five-setter, they almost always pull out of the doubles, you know? But you expect it. From a title favorite, you'll expect it. But... Again, I don't know what's what's going on with Tan. If she's got a minor injury or if she's exhausted, then for sure you need to default. You know, singles is your yeah. priority. You're a singles player. Um, you know, um, so the girl's name Tamara Korpatch, a German girl. She's the one that lost to Heather Watson in three 
in the okay. first round. Yeah, so like, I can get that she's disappointed, but if if there's a legitimate reason, I, I can't fault Tan. You know, yeah. if, if Tan think if Tan thinks she's gonna go all the way, then then maybe we can say she's crazy. You know, but if she's exhausted or cramping or something, then by all means. Just, just, do wait, just wait do. until Tan wins the wins it all, and then and then we'll be like, yeah, what's the correct decision to pull out the doubles <laughs> and everything like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think yeah go, about the Serena match. It's it's it would have been easier, as you said, if she met someone she already knew. If she met a player that she knew how they played, or was a player that she's sort of seen on the TV before and how they played, it would have been easier. But because it was Harmony Tan, you know, not many people know her, not many people know her game style. So it's always hard to prepare in those sort of situations. And, you know, Tan, Tan pulled, pulled the cat out of the bag in that match. But um, another another thing that I noticed was, you know, just as we saw the French Open in the first round of the Grand Slam, Carlos Alcaraz, five-set match, he had to come for again get himself into the second round but this time against Jan Landestruff what did you did you watch that match what did you think about it I, I watched most of it um I didn't watch the first set but I saw the last four and uh, I kind of expected it too you know because I've mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a Struff fan but I've always liked him I've liked his style of play I like, so I like how he goes for his shots and how he approaches the net and so on um but I knew Alcaraz would struggle on grass a few podcasts yeah. ago like we discussed um Alcaraz being the second betting favorite to win the title and we said that was crazy you know, yeah. a guy with only one or two wins under his belt. Um, so, and, and Struff is still, despite all the struggles, he's still a pretty tough opponent to face in the first round. You know, he's not someone that you want to see. You yeah. know, someone who's comfortable on grass, big serve, good at the net. You want to see Ramos Vinolas or one of those guys in the first <laughs> round. If you're an Alcaraz, you know, you want to see a, a clay court. On, on grass, because we, 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 on all grass. Hap- we all know what happened on clay. Yeah, exactly. Grass, exactly. <laughs> Probably a bad example. He probably didn't want to see him again, for sure, after Roland Garros, but that's what you want to see, you know, like one of Del Bonis or one of those guys that struggle on grass so you can build some confidence. But uh, winning, winning that match the way he did, I think, would build a lot of confidence, you know, and he's got another tricky match coming up. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets through that one. Yeah, I, I, I would say I, I didn't watch I didn't watch the first three sets. I watched the fourth and the fifth. And when it went to the tiebreak in the fourth set and he was too, too love down and Struff was serving uh, to go three love up in the tiebreak, but then Alcaraz pulled that that amazing sort of one-handed backhand sort of slice, yeah, half, yeah, yeah. Sli- half slice, half, half backhand shot out, out of you know out of nowhere. I think you know that really changed the momentum of the match and gave Alcaraz the confidence to sort of go for more more of his shots. And, and eventually it paid off. But yeah, as we said, he's he's still young, he's still inexperienced on grass. It's it's tough for players who haven't played on the surface much to sort of get these early matches under their belts and convince fashion. Alcaraz was able to get it in a, in a tough match, but it will, it will help him to go on and sort of improve his game style. But it'll be interesting so how far, to see. How far do you see him going in the tournament? I, th- I think quarterfinals. Okay. Because I think, I think the quarterfinals I... is against Djokovic. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's, that's where it will likely end. Yeah, I think but, that's where it, yeah. where it ends. I think Djokovic, Djokovic on grass is too much. On clay, it's, it's doable for, for Carlos. On yeah. grass, it's a bit too much. Especially, you know, we Djokovic today, he beats uh, Fanatical Kanakis in such easy fashion. You know, he he's improved yeah. a lot. Even in just a couple of days he's been here. He's had, he had his first match against Sunwoo Kwon. It was a bit of a struggle. You know, Kwon was playing well against Kokonakis, a player you would say, you know, on his day can actually push Djokovic. He just made made easy work of him. So I think that's yeah. where Alcaraz's run is going to end. What about you? 
No, no, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think Alcaraz, <laughs> I don't think he'll think he will beat him, beat Djokovic on grass, yeah. you know, and he, as much as he's a power player and goes for his shots, you know, a big part of his game is still his movement, you know, and moving on grass is not easy. You know, it might look easy on TV, you know, but you're, you're slipping and sliding and you don't know what to do. So I, I don't see him beating um, Djokovic. I haven't looked at his draw in a while. Is there anyone else tricky before he gets to Djokovic or not? Not, Nothing not really. that stands out. Not really. No, I think I think Yannick Sinner, Yannick Sinner's in the top half to draw. Um, yeah. So I think that that could. He's be up a... two sets to love right now, Sinner. Okay, and, and I, th- I believe Sinner's on the same side as Car- as Carlos um, in the draw. But correct me yeah, if I'm yeah, wrong. That, um, that that sounds correct. Yes. So I think that that could be a tough match because you know Sinner is very good on faster paced surfaces, flatter surfaces. Whether what the ball yeah. is flatter, um, so that that will be interesting. But I think Carlos goes to the quarterfinals, loses to Novak, yeah. and then it's it's I, it, it's an easy path for Novak, I think, to the final this year. Um, I agree. Fully you could agree. say the same thing for for Rafa now, because you know on his side of the draw, in in, in the last podcast that we did, we said who were the real challenges to Rafa: Marin Cilic, out of COVID, Felix Ojeda-Aliassim lost to Cressy in the first round, and now Matteo Berrettini out of COVID. So you know, if Rafa is able to sort of improve his game from how he how he played in the first round, I think it's an easy path for him to get to the final. What do you think? No, I fully agree, you know, and even the, the Baratini um, being out, I think that's huge for Rafa, you know, because I'm not convinced that Rafa would have won that match. I, I'd still given the edge, you know, and I, I would have wanted him to win. But Baratini on grass, you know, he's very confident, just won two titles. You know, that would have been a major, major test. And even if Nadal came through it, you know, there's no way he's beating Djokovic if he's tired. You know, yeah. no way. You know, so I, I think that's a major hurdle that, you know, got eliminated from his path. And I, I don't see anything stopping him from getting to the final now. Um, even though he struggled yesterday. What do you think about his match? Yeah. The, the think... other, yeah, Sarandolo played very well, but still. Yeah. There, there, was a period, there was a period where Sarandolo just went for every single one of his shots and they were paying off. Um, I think... If Rafa would have been able to convert those two break points he had at five uh, three when Sarandolo yep. was serving for the for the third set, the the set the match would have been done in three sets. But the fact that Sarandolo was able to win that set and then in the first few games of uh, of the fourth set, you know Nadal wasn't wasn't still fully recovered from him losing that third set. But in the end of it, he he really showed us his determination and his ability to sort of flick a switch inside of his game and go for everything and he was able to turn around I think it, it was a good test for him he even said in his post-match interview you know that was his first match first professional tournament match on grass in three years we can't expect yeah. too much of, from the guy you know Djokovic exactly. has been playing on grass he played on grass all of last year at Wimbledon he went all the way to the end played amazing so he had already that year extra against Rafa in 2019 he'd won it and you know he's just he's just more suited to the, to the grass and Djokovic lost the set in the first round as well so, you know, Rafa lost yep. the set in the first round in his first match in three years. I don't think we can look too much into it, but I also say, you know, he can't let that happen too many more times because Agreed. players will start yep. getting more confident as they meet Rafa on grass. If they see that, if you do what Sarundala did was go after all your shots and, you know, take time away from him, you have a chance. I, I think he needs to sort of put, put a stop to that in the second round onwards. Yeah, because imagine if that happened to someone like against someone like a Chilich or a Berrettini, you know, yeah. hypothetically, if they're in the tournament, you know, then the, the game is probably over because yeah. those guys are not going to drop serve very easily. You know, luckily, yeah. 
Sarundula doesn't have a huge weapon. He was going for everything, but he's not a guy that really could have won that match, but a better player probably could have. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. And I think, I think Nadal will be looking at his side of the draw and the only real threat I think he has now is Nick Kyrgios. But when you look at that, Kyrgios is going to meet or potentially meet Tsitsipas in the third round. I think Kyrgios is playing Philip Karinovic and yeah. Tsitsipas is playing Jordan Thompson in the second round. Yes, that's So correct, if, both, yeah. if both of them win their match, they're going to face each other and that's going to be an exciting battle as we saw, I think it was in, in Halle or Mallorca where they played. No, it was in Halle. Right? Halle, Halle, Halle. Yeah, they played yeah. in Halle and Kyrgios came through in three sets. So three it'll, sets. Be interesting to yeah. see, it'll be interesting to see them uh, come out here and, and, and play their best. But I think other than that, there's no one really challenging Nadal in that section of the draw and in the top of the draw yeah. I don't think Alcaraz has this has enough on grass to to challenge no Djokovic way. so you heard it here first guys Nadal Djokovic 2022 Wimbledon final you know tennis section guys are always giving you the best predictions you know so well this this is my prediction um if Kyrgios makes it all the way through and he plays Nadal I'm picking him to upset Nadal yeah Five sets. Yeah, I think it's going to be five sets either way, but I'll give him the edge just because he, he likes playing those guys. You know, I, I wouldn't say he's better on grass. I wouldn't say he's the favorite right now, you know, but he, he lives for that stuff. You know, he lives to play those guys on center court just to prove that he can beat them. You know, even, and, and, even, <laughs> even up, but they met in 2019, I remember. Um, yeah. And Nadal, I believe, won in four sets. Um, do, you, do you think Kyrgios has, it, has enough in his game at the moment, even mentally? to go and beat Nadal when he knows the entire crowd's going to be for Rafa. And, you know, you, you saw just, just the amount of people in the crowd who were for Paul Job and how much that really impacted Nick's game to go to five yeah. sets in the first round. Do you, do you, do you... It's, it's always tricky to know what to expect with him, obviously, you know, but the crowd always gets to him. But at least in my opinion, when he plays those top guys and the crowd is against him, that motivates him. You know, and he tries to prove the crowd around and he sticks up middle fingers and he goes at it like how he always does, you know, but he, he uses that to kind of egg him on. But when he's playing a weaker player, like, like Jub, for example, you know, he gets into it, that breaks his rhythm, that breaks his momentum, his concentration. So I, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird case and that could just be my, my imagination, you know, but I, I do think it's obvious that he saves his best tennis to play against those guys. You know, I don't think he's yeah. ever lost to Djokovic. He's beaten Nadal and, and Federer. No, I think I don't think he's beaten Federer, has he? I yeah, yeah, he, he has beaten Federer. I yes, yeah, yeah. Twenty seventeen or eighteen Madrid. Yeah, but he's he's got a winning record against the other two. I think it is, and not not Federer. Am I wrong? No, no, no. He's, he's lost. He's lost six times to Rafa. He's beaten Rafa three times. I think he's got a losing he's, record against he's un, Federer. Unbeaten against unbeaten against Djokovic. Yes, he's won twice against yeah. Djokovic. Never lost against him. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a bit out there, that pick, you know. Um, it's probably better than my, my Roland Garros pick or my pre-Wimbledon pick of Coco Goff. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do think so. I, I'm, I'm not sure that Curious will make it through, mm -hmm. you know, but you can never tell. But if he gets to that stage with Rafa, I think it's 50-50 almost. Yeah, it would be, be an interesting match, hopefully. You know, you know who I would want to win. Um, just, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even think we need to say, but, you know, Nick is Nick, and I think it'd be like the most amazing story if Nick was able to win the entire tournament. If yep. if if Nick is able to win the entire thing, I think he can retire the next day, and he's <laughs> fulfilled an amazing career. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. That, oh, yeah. That, that's oh, yeah, yeah. that's that's how amazing that would be. Just because 
we know how much natural talent he had. He is probably the most naturally talented player there is on the tour. And Absolutely. So other than other than Federer. Absolutely. Other than yep. Federer. Yep. He has Absolutely. the ability to switch the game up so easily and just really take the match into control through so many different variety of shots. So, it, it, you know, no, it's, real it's weakness, no real weakness other than mentally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if, if he had the mentality, let's say, of, of a Rafa or something, who knows what he could have achieved. But, oh, yeah. you know, if, if Nick wins in two weeks, well, at the, at the end of next week, I'm sure plenty, plenty of tennis fans will have a lot to say about it, whether they're happy or not about it. But I think it's, it's good for the sport if, if he's able to perform well at the highest level of the game. But yeah. yeah. Um, Let's put it this way. He's, he's just as likely to win Wimbledon as he is to get thrown out of the tournament. Either of the two could happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a very good prediction, Andrew. I think, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's become a bit better with his, with his Oh, yeah, 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 temper. yeah. You know, I, I remember he still 2000... has some episodes, but he doesn't drag them on like he used to, and he doesn't, you know, quit totally in matches like he used to. He still has yeah. his back and forth with the crowd and the umpires and stuff, but definitely not like years ago. No, exactly, exactly. But um, before before we end the podcast, Andrew, I think we covered most of the bit the big news here at Wimbledon for the first few days. Um, as you said, we're going to do a podcast later in the week because I'm sure there's going to be more news coming out. And you know, if you guys want to have some more questions for us. DM us on Instagram. We're always more than happy to answer them. But for now, we have some questions actually for this podcast. And the first one is actually some news that came out today. Well, it's related to some news that came out today. And um, I'm going to the Labour Cup this year on the Saturday, uh, which I'm quite excited about. I was excited to see Rafa and, and Roger play, but we're now getting to see Andy Murray play as well. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, no, great to see, obviously. I mean, I, I was so excited when I heard that Federer was playing, you know, but getting Murray into the mix is just the icing on the cake, you know, and getting to see all those top guys back again competing, you know, it's, it's going to be amazing. I'm a bit jealous that you're going. Um, I'll see if I, can, <laughs> if I can hop on a plane and come over and, I'll, I'll and take in a few I'll matches. FaceTime you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. No, I'll FaceTime you. I'll, I'll, film, I'll film the points. Don't worry. No, but yeah, as, as you said, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, to see them, you know, it, it'll be even ama- more amazing if we had Djokovic as well. If you had the, yeah. those four players there at the same time, that'd be amazing. But I'm not too sure, not too sure then who else they would bring in because I think it's six six players per team, if I'm correct. Yeah. I think so, so, yeah. Who the question? The question mainly is the one that we got in for Instagram. How would you build the Labour Cup teams this year? So we now have, I think it's Schwartzman, Felix Ojeda-Sim, and Taylor Fritz on the world side. And we have Murray, Nadal, Federer on the Europe side. What what would your three other picks for each team be? I thought Kyrgios was confirmed, isn't he? No, I don't think he's confirmed, but he's he's definitely a confirmed, not written down yet. I mean, I definitely want him there. Um, I can imagine <laughs> the organizers want Alcaraz on the on Team Europe. Yeah. Um, trying to think, who else could I bring? What about you? Well, yeah, as, as you well, said, while I'm Kyr- while I'm thinking. Kyrgios is always one that you want there and he's never missed the Labour Cup he says it's his favourite tournament of the year so I think he is basically a guarantee for Team World I think to bring in some competition for Team Europe yeah I think you also want a sort of a double specialist in there so it's yeah. it's going to be interesting if, if they bring sort of like because they, they always like to have like Kyrgios and Sock play together you know that's always a great yeah. doubles match even though Sock is not playing consistently all the time when he's playing with Kyrgios he plays well so it'll be interesting. Maybe maybe they bring Jack Sock in. Um, Felix too. Felix has got to Felix, be in contention Felix as already, well. Felix is already guaranteed. Ah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, maybe Ber- Berrettini oh, for Europe. 
Yeah, Berrettini. That would be big. Hundred percent. That would be big. Yeah. Trying to think of who else could be for the world. Uh, Not too sure. I think for Europe, it would either have to be one of Rublev, Medvedev, or Kasper Ruud as the remain uh, the last player. Um, Yeah. Because I think I think you would say Zverev, but I'm not too sure how Zverev will be ready in time for the Labour Cup. It's tough. Well, to according say. to according to Zach, it's very doubtful that he'll be ready. Exactly. For that, you know? So if he was fully yeah. fit, Zverev would be there 100. percent But because he's because he's he's out injured, I think it's going to be Kasparov, Medvedev, or Rublev to take away the the the, the last no, spot. The team from... Team Europe is really going to roll over that tournament. I think. <laughs> Jeez. Well, that, 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 that's why I booked. That's why I booked. Uh, that's why I booked the Saturday because last year when it was, I believe, Boston or. I can't remember where. I think it was Boston, and they, the last day, they just could, didn't play any matches because Team Europe had already won it. All, basically, they had to play the first match of the day, and then the other two matches that were scheduled didn't need to be played, and there was a trophy ceremony. So I picked the Saturday to go just because I was like, at least I get, at least I get three matches, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to trying to think, man. And we need to get some more competition for. Uh... Hurricane, you would say Shapovalov for Team Shapovalov, but Fritz, maybe you know, Fritz is already guaranteed. Yeah, we already have have Schwartzman, Fritz, and Ojal Yassim guaranteed. There's Um, no one else in the top. I'm looking through it now. I mean, almost everyone's from Europe. Tiafo, maybe Tiafo at 28. Yeah. He's, he's excited. Played, the crowd, he's crowd the would like that. Before. He's played in yeah. the Labour Cup before, so yeah, he's yeah. got that relationship in place. I think that'd be that'd be an interesting one. Um, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. no, it's, it's got to be those guys. I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Shapovalov, are, Shapovalov will have to come in. Shapovalov and Felix. Well, if they want to be competitive, I mean, as bad as he's been lately, they'd, they'd have to bring him in. Yeah, I was you afraid know, he was going to lose his match yesterday when he went two sets to one down, but he was finally able to stop his uh, six match losing streak and finally get a win Shapovalov so he's got a to tough one it. coming up too he's got to play in Nakashima I think yeah. who's, who's been pretty good on grass so what do you think about that I think what's your what's your expert pick free expert pick no need to subscribe pick. for this one I think that this one's going to go to four or five sets if there's a if there's a sort of match over I would go for the over in sort of total number of games definitely I, yeah I think it's going to be like tie breaks. I think a few a few sets are going to be tie breaks, so that's going to bring over um, a lot of games into the match. But it's it's really hard to predict because Shapovalov on his day is just so amazing. You know, he's unplayable on his day. But yeah, on and the other hand, he's he's been tanking matches recently. You know, he's been giving up in matches. So I can't really yeah. back him to win. I would say go for the over in that match. You think he'll do that at Wimbledon though? I mean, he's definitely done it recently, but. I don't know. I wouldn't say you would is do it at Wimbledon, but the, the the problem is, is once you get into that rhythm of giving up in a match when you're losing, you know, it's hard to get out of it. Agreed. It's hard to, it's yeah. hard to get yourself back into that fighting spirit of, you know, oh, okay, I can turn this around. So it would be interesting. Yeah. But, and, um, and before we go, I've got one more expert question to ask you. Murray or Isner? They're playing today. It should be very mm-hmm. soon as far as I know. I would say, I would say Murray. I would say Murray. Yeah, I, I looked it up yesterday, and he's never lost to Isner. I think it's like eight and zero or nine and zero. Okay. Um, and and Isner, believe it or not, doesn't like grass much. You know, you'd think he would, but I guess can't move on it and too tall and too big to to be efficient on it. So it's going to be an true. interesting one as well. But I, I agree with those picks. 
Yeah, so uh, looking at the, the range of questions that we have, we have three more questions. So a few of them, I think, will, will cause some debate, um, you know, not amongst ourselves, but, you know, amongst, amongst our listeners really is, the, the big question is, which player do you think is most likely going to win a career slam again? Career slam. Uh, it's a tough one. Oh, not, not, one. Not, calen- not calendar year slam. No, career no, no. Slam. Just, a, just a career slam. Someone who's versatile enough to win on grass, clay, and hard. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'd have to pick Alcaraz now, but I'm not confident on grass. But I mean, I, I don't see any of the, the younger guys. You know, I mean, there's, there's some younger guys that are good on grass, but they won't win the French Open. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Holger Rune could win a French Open, but can he win a Wimbledon? You know, I put Alcaraz yeah. above him for sure. Um, I, I think it's got to be Alcaraz, but I'm definitely not confident in that. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you. Because, you know, Coco Goff. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fair enough. Fair enough. No, I, I think, think she almost, she, I think she will. Well, yeah, oh, she's, she's, she's on tech she... allows her to. <laughs> well, you could say, you could say Zviontek, you know. Well, we'll see. Well, we'll see what happens here because if she's she, she's if she one wins she's Wimbledon, one on, she's one on well she's she's won the French. she's won two two French. If she wins Wimbledon, I think she definitely will because she she'll win a couple on hard for sure. Yeah, exactly. She's got yeah. the game to win on the hard. She's won basically all the hard tournaments she's played in this year except for the Australian Open. Um, yeah, she, she and she's she's play... going to be the huge favorite for the U.S. Open as well. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think on the women's side, Zviontek. On the men's side, I'd say Alcaraz, as you said as well. He can win on clay. He can win on hard. Grass, we'll have to see in the coming years how he develops his game to sort of suit that suit that surface. But if there's anyone with a chance to do it, it's going to be him. I don't think it's someone like Medvedev or something because on clay, Medvedev really yeah. doesn't feel at ease. See, yeah, when Alcaraz, Alcaraz has the game to, to develop into a grass court player too. You know, he's got a good serve. He's good at the net. He, he moves well. He has good variation, you know. So it's really just the movement. You know, he's such a great athlete. Then there's no reason why he can't. You know, yeah. we've, we've had a whole bunch of fantastic clay court players with no big weapons, no big serves. So you could tell that they would never win Wimbledon, you know, but yeah. he, he doesn't suffer from that, you know. So yeah, I, exactly. I think I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not confident, but I, I think he can do it. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, our price is definitely the favorite for that. Tsitsipas, the problem is, is on, on grass, as we said, he, he, he won Mallorca. That was an amazing tournament for him, but I don't think he can do it at a slam. Of winning Wimbledon mm-hmm. I think you know I'd, I'd say like a, a Zverev has more of a chance of winning a Wimbledon than a, than a Tsitsipas but um, can Tsitsipas this is an, another question that is going to cause some debate and I might get killed for it in the comments but do you think Tsitsipas can win the Grand Slam I mean obviously he can but do you think he will because yeah. there's uh, I mean his best surface is clay you know um, he's got Djokovic for another year or two probably you know then he's got Alcaraz on clay he's got Halgarun on clay you know, then he's got all these young guys, Baez and all those guys coming up. You know, um, Medvedev is not going to be competition on, on clay, not much, you know, but he's still got Zverev. You know, there's, there's so many obstacles in his path. You know, will he win a hard court slam? I don't know. <laughs> I think he's got at least one slam in him. I think one, one slam when, you know, Nadal or Djokovic are out of it, um, he has the chance to do it. I, it'd, be, it'd be such an unfulfilled career if he doesn't. Oh, agreed, yeah. Having, that's what having, we mentioned it in a previous podcast. You know, this was his window. You know, the last yeah. couple of years was his window to sneak one or two in before Alcaraz and those younger guys developed. Yeah. You know, we've got so many 
18, 19, 20 year olds coming up now is just crazy. Yeah, I think you know, so I think it'll be it'll be very tough, especially when he was like one set away from being a Grand Slam champion. Yeah. That yeah, was that agreed. was the, the, the toughest part, I think. It'll be it'll be but, interesting to see. I, I hope I hope he wins a slam because it'd be sort of sad if he doesn't. Too. Yeah. Um but We've got I, a team I can... to come back as well, hopefully. You know, he's still yeah. young enough, maybe if he yeah. I don't I don't I don't know I don't know if Dominic's still got a slam in him I think he's 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 got maybe like a Masters 1000 in him but yeah you know it's it's hard to say because we haven't seen how far he actually can can increase his level from where he is currently but yeah, um agreed yeah um moving on to sort sort of in line with, with team it's what player has been the biggest disappointment so far this year I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I would have to be team. I would have to be him. You know, I, I yeah. Uh, I was looking forward to seeing him on tour this year again. You know, I, I didn't think he would get back to his best so quickly. But I mean, it's it's sad to see him where he is now. You know, not even playing tournaments and losing in the first round when he does. Um, disappointing. Um, well, what happened to Zverev is disappointing. Not his fault. You know, not yeah, any yeah. fault of his own. You know, very disappointed to see that he was primed to be number one. Um, I don't know. And the whole situation with Djokovic, disappointing, but again, nothing to do with his play. I don't know. Who do you think? Is there anything more disappointing than team? Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with you on, on Dominic being so. But of... can, we even, can we even blame it on him? Like, is there anyone yeah. that just poor form, no injury? I mean, Shapovalov. <laughs> That's true. You know, like, I didn't, think, I didn't I... think of Shapovalov. I would, I would have said before the French Open, okay, it would have been Kasper Ruud because he yeah. hadn't played well much of the year. He hadn't really gotten out of the first few rounds of any tournament he had played in. And for a top 10 yeah. guy, that was quite shocking. But then he won Geneva, and then he got to the finals of the French. So, you know, we can't really say that anymore. Shapovalov is a player that's he's not lived up to the hype this year. He's not really imposed himself as far as you would like to in tour tournaments. So potentially you could say him. But yeah, just on play alone, it's hard to say injuries aside, I would have to say Shapovalov because Kasper Ruud's sort of proven us wrong. Dominic team, he's, he's been injured. You know, he's, he's trying to come back from an injury and that's never easy. So I'd have to say Shapovalov. Yeah. We've got to mention Raducanu too. You know I mean? It's, it's hard to criticize someone so young and, and with a promising future for sure, you know, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very sad to see what she's doing now. You know, a fantastic win for her yesterday and hopefully she goes on a deep run again here. But you know, she her career really took a nosedive after the US Open. So Yeah, but you I don't could, know. You Ho- could, hopefully she gets some stability to it. Yeah. I mean she, it's, she just, got... it's just her first year on tour, really. No, it's agreed. First... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it, I don't like the word fluke, but I mean that US Open run was a fluke. There's no other way to describe it. <laughs> you know, so I, I I don't think she was ready to back it up yet, but she will. I, I have a lot of yeah, confidence. Still, I have more she, confidence. She... I have more confidence in her getting back to the top than I do in team. For sure, yeah. a lot yeah. more. She, yeah. She's definitely she's definitely going to improve and grow into her game as it goes along. But yeah, it's, it's hard to say because it's it's realistically her. She she made her sort of a big debut on the big stage last year at Wimbledon. This year at Wimbledon, she's back. That's one year, you know, for for such a young such a young person. It's it's incredible to see what she's achieved in a year. And there's a lot of critics around her, but you know, I think give her time and she and she she'll come around. Um, Last but not least, in terms of questions, I think this one really suits suits you, Andrew, in terms of you know expertise. Is it right. easier to become a, a pro 
nowadays than let's say 15 to 30 years ago and why? Oh, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, I'd say it's probably harder now, you know, just because there's so many more players playing, there's so many more tournaments, you know, there's so much more money involved, you know, and uh, I mean, it's not saying it was easy back then, but when you looked at the tournaments, there were so few players in the tournaments and there were 15, 20 tournaments a year and now they're hundreds, you know, and there's so much money and so much competition now. It's, it's insanely difficult, you know, and I saw a statistic the other day. Sorry. Would, sorry, wouldn't wouldn't that make it easier though? Wouldn't having more tournaments, more players in tournaments, allow more, more players to be in the tournaments, making them more, I, more of a chance I, of being becoming a pro? I, I I guess so, but I mean the the difference and and the the difficulty to climb up the rankings. I mean, so it's probably easier now to get an ATP point than it was years ago. Yeah, you know, but to get to get into the top hundred, you know, when there's millions of other guys trying, you know, it's insanely difficult, you know, and mm-hmm. the the tournaments that the concentration of the tournaments is so skewed as well i think i mentioned that on another podcast you know like for example someone in a smaller country you know um they've got to fly and spend thousands of dollars just to get to one tournament you know but guys in spain usa england australia those bigger nations you know they just drive an hour down the road and they've got four or five back to back you know so so it is insanely difficult um but uh, i'd say no for sure just because of the increased competition okay what what do you think I thought you were going to give me a completely different answer, to be honest. <laughs> I thought I was, you know, you're a coach. I'm not a coach, so you probably have a better perspective than me. It's, I thought, with the age of sort of social media and the age of being connected more around the world, it would have been easier for a player to find the opportunities necessary to become a pro, find the, the academies that they need to go to, find the coaches yeah. they need, they want to connect with to improve their game, et cetera, et cetera. And with the fact that you said there's more, there's more tournaments being played, more opportunities to play, more opportunities to gain points, more opportunities to become a pro. But yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's really tough because every player just said, you could, you could say perhaps in, in a very wealthy country, let's say a, a, a France or a Spain, it's, it, it might be easier to become a professional now than it was 30 years ago. In a country yeah. like Barbados, it might be tougher because you have that yeah. increased competition from from Europe, rather than you know, where in Barbados they have to travel travel to another country. So I'd, yeah. I'd say it's 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 a it's it's tough. It's a double edged sword. It's hard to hard to say one. Yeah. Well, let me let me rephrase it. So I, I I agree with what you said for sure. So I'll rephrase what I said. So it's definitely easier in the sense that there are way more opportunities so i said earlier that it's easier to get an atp point now for sure you know because you can play a million tournaments if you if you're well located and you've got the money and you can get a point you know but it's more difficult now i'd say to break into the top 100 200 i would say yeah 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 but again that's just just an opinion and just a guess really but yeah no you you also you have to, like you said you also have to also think that there are the Tennis has expanded as a sport globally. So there are more fans of the sport, meaning there are more children playing the sport, meaning there are more people trying to become pros in the sport. More competition, Definitely. harder to yep. get into. It's it's there's there's a lot of different sort of variants in this in this topic, which but it'll it'll be good to, you know, if, if you guys have any opinions, let us know in the comments, send us a DM on Instagram, let us know your thoughts, and you know, it might it might add to the debate. Um, but yeah, that, that was all the questions, Andrew, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to sort of listen to us ramble on about stuff that we don't, we don't know about, I'm pretty sure, and no, I'm joking. Um, but before, before we close off the podcast, as, as, as a reminder, visit tennissection.com forward slash premium for our premium tennis picks. 
uh, use code Wimbledon at checkout uh, for 33% off. The first 25 people get 33% off. After that, it's standard pricing, even though the pricing is cheap already, guys. So uh, make sure you check that out and send us your questions for the next podcast. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Give us a comment. Rate us five stars on Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you listen to us on because it really helps us climb up the rankings and grow the community. But other than that, Andrew, if, uh, if you have anything to say before we, uh, we head off, no, that's it. And I'm just going to echo what Liam said. You know, I really do urge you guys to go and check out the, the premium picks. You know, this is not just some computer generated picks that we do. You know, this is a bunch of experts that we we've got um, collectively, you know, and we do discuss everything and we go through everything in depth, you know, so these are well thought out and well explained picks, you know, so even if you're just going to do it for a month, you know, just try it out and see. And if, if you think we're totally wrong and we're totally off it, then you don't have to come back, obviously, but <laughs> check it out for a month and, and, I'm confident that you'll win some money. So yeah, as always, nice. guys, thanks, thanks for um, joining us and can't wait to see you guys again soon. All right. Thanks, guys.